We begin at the climate conference in Egypt, where talks on loss and damage have reached a key milestone. This would mean vulnerable countries can be compensated for climate change fueled disasters, essentially caused by developed nations. This morning, the EU shifted its position, and diplomats finalised key parts of a negotiating text that politicians will now consider. Negotiator Savendra Michael explains. Countries are willing to establish the loss and damage facility. We hope that the presidency continues to put pressure on countries and the establishment of the loss and damage facility comes through. He says low lying island states will not go home empty handed. Just hours ago, the UN chief Antonio Guterres described a clear breakdown in trust between developed and emerging economies. We must have agreed solutions in front of us to respond to loss and damage, to close the emissions gap and to deliver on finance. The climate clock is ticking and trust keeps eroding. The parties at COP27 have a chance to make a difference here and now and I urge them to act and act quickly. Before this latest loss and damage milestone, Carl Upston Hooper, the general counsel of Camco Clean Energy, told me how much progress was being made. Honestly, not much. Um, as the negotiations go later and later and the presidency struggles to bang some heads together, I guess, um, would be the honest assessment. What's, uh, what's been the sticking point? Um, I think that uh, probably expectations and that the expectations have been quite low. This is an implementation COP rather than a milestone COP. So I think that people feel that there isn't necessarily so much to achieve. So perhaps they have been a little bit more positional, reflective on what happened in Glasgow, um, perhaps lacking some urgency, um, perhaps reverting to mean in terms of traditional negotiating blocks and traditional negotiating positions. Uh, Have any of the countries been particularly uh, obstructive? Um, I think that some of the more, the larger developing countries have not continued the momentum that we had from Paris and Glasgow. Um, I I don't know that I would describe Sharm as a failure, but perhaps a a missed opportunity for success. Um, There have been some highlights. Um, The new Australian government, um, the Americans, India, uh, the new the elections in Brazil. Um, I think there's you know there's some positive news there. Um, China remarkably quiet, um, possibly sensibly keeping their powder dry, um, but a kind of an inc- an increased level of frustration amongst the developing world between LDCs and SIDS and countries that are actually quite large emitters and quite large economies like South Africa or Egypt itself. Because our understanding is loss and damage for poorer nations, that's been a topic that has been quite strongly disputed, right? It's a topic that's been around since about 1991 from memory uh, and diametrically opposed by developed countries for a long time. Uh, I think we will get a loss and damage outcome here in, in Sharm. I think it will be the the bright light, you know, um, all singing, dancing thing. Um, Whether we need another mechanism, another new mechanism, and have to go through the hassle of designing as to how that will work and how it will actually disperse funds and and how much contribution 
developed countries will make to that in light of global circumstances and all of the other claims on climate finance um, that are out there. Um, the Green Climate Fund, for example, is up for replenishment this year. So developed countries are going to have to write some fairly large checks for that. Um, but yes, symbolically, loss and damage um, is probably an acknowledgement of some of the moral culpability um, uh, that's, that's, you know, climate justice is, is something that's been talked about for a while. And I feel that loss and damage is, you know, that, that chicken coming home to roost. Yeah. And what would success in that regard look like? Um, success uh, would be the start of this being uh, an actual separate funding facility, having its own bucket of money. That's what uh, LDCs, countries like, you know, Pakistan and its recent floods, uh, that's what they are asking for is, is direct access to a substantial bucket of money. Now, whether they get direct access and whether the bucket is substantial, I think those things future cops will decide. But uh, out of sham, there will be a dedicated bucket for loss and damage. And, and I think many countries will view that as a success. A lot of this is being framed as a, a least developed versus most developed nation uh, dispute. But what about countries that fall somewhere in the middle? Are, are some of those countries holding things up? Um, I think that there's been a revert to mean amongst some of those countries. Um, the Arab group particularly, perhaps, and perhaps the Egyptian presidency's passiveness has been driven by its previous negotiating positions. There are there are countries that are showing leadership in that bucket, um, like, for example, Mexico. Uh, and there are countries that um, perhaps are dragging their feet somewhat, like South Africa, which you would hope to be a, a champion for for climate issues in the continent. Um, I mean, it's a larger emitter than the United Kingdom nowadays. Um, so probably a mixed bag, but Paris was built on the idea that we all have to do something. So any reversion to the idea that only OECD countries have to do things or only OECD countries have to have ambition um, is in that sense a step backwards. And just lastly, the, the, the goal to limit uh, global warming to 1.5 degrees, uh, where's that heading? I think we'll keep 1.5 alive. Um, Paris was two degrees and we'll try for one and a half. Uh, Glasgow was one and a half and no more than two. And the inversion of, of those numbers is actually quite important in this world. Um, so I, I think that, that 1.5 will still be the headline item of the cover decision coming out of Sharm. And, and that's a red line for, for a lot of uh, countries concerned with environmental integrity. Crunch time for talks at the Climate Summit in Egypt. You can listen to my full interview with Carl Upston Hooper on rnz.co.nz via the Midday Report page.